Um, my name is Rich, if I haven't met you, one of the pastors here, and uh, we're doing a sermon series right now called Generous, and if you're just joining us in this series, I just want to quickly catch you up to speed on what we've been talking about. When most people hear the word generous, where does their mind automatically go? First place their mind goes is money. And as we've been looking at in this series, though, generosity is actually, uh, uh, it's, a, it's a much bigger thing than uh, being uh, generous financially. Generosity is actually a lifestyle. It's being generous with your time, generous with your, your uh, resources, generous with your home, like we saw on the video here, uh, being generous with your energy, generous with your gifts, and, and, and being generous with your finances, generous with whatever it is that God has given to you. Generous people, they just love to give it away. That's what generosity is all about. And I hope that you've been challenged throughout this series, that God has really been speaking to you, and uh, that you've been wrestling with some of the scripture that we've been bringing up. I know that for me, I have, I have been uh, challenged personally, um, preaching through this, and just diving into God's word and, and seeing what he has to say. Um, one of the areas that he's challenged me in is, has to do with the area of giving financially. Um, so me and Beck, we have always been, uh, since we got married, we've been big believers in and tithing, and just taking the, the first 10% that God gives us and just giving it back to God. But something that I've noticed over the last few years is how that's becomes very mechanical for me, almost to the place where it's not worshipful, it's, there's no gratitude like how he was talking about earlier on, none of that. So I, I thought this last time, I thought, okay, I'm going to do things a little bit differently. So I went down to the bank, normally I give online, I thought, okay, I'm going to go down to the bank and I'm actually going to take cash out that my tithe cash out, I'm just going to stick it right on my dresser in my, my bedroom where I can see it and where I can look at it and where I can think about it. And so I was thinking intentionally, okay, what could I go out and buy with this? I could get some of those, those, those Beats headphones that all the cool guys wear at the gym, and then I'd be like super cool. I could actually use this to start a, a payment for a better vehicle than a one, the one I currently have. I could use this to go and take my family out for a really nice dinner. And I could, can I just tell you something that I learned? I learned that it's actually really hard to be generous when that's how you're thinking. When you're thinking about all the stuff that you could get with that thing, whatever it is that you want to give away. But then I intentionally begin to think a little bit differently and begin to think, okay, what has Jesus done for me? I started to think about the cross. I started to think about this, the house that I was, I was in the house that God's blessed us with, my family, church family, this incredible job that I've been blessed with. And let me tell you, when you begin to shift and think about giving in that perspective, it actually becomes a really easy decision to make. So much easier to give when you're thinking about all that, that Christ has done. And it makes it so much more worshipful. And, and let me just tell you from personal experience that it really is more blessed to give than it is to receive. We got one amen out of that one. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Amen? And, and it doesn't matter if it's your money, your time, your talent. It is much better, more blessed to be a giver. And let me tell you, nobody has ever come up to me and said, hey, Rich, you know, I have to tell you something. I've been greedy. I've been just kind of hoarding all my stuff. I've been building up big piles of stuff. I've been taking my gifts and my talents and just really using them to kind of build up my own personal little ki kingdom. And Rich, man, I'm just so blessed. It's never happened. Never. 
Greed might get you a lot of stuff, but it does not get you a lot of blessing. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And, and my heart as a pastor is to see you blessed. A lot of times when you start hearing talk of generosity and giving in a church, a lot of people, the first place their mind goes is, oh, here we go again. The church wants something from me. And I actually heard somebody put it really well. They said, uh, this pastor said, our heart is not, when it comes to generosity, um, let me make sure I get it right here. It's not, that, it's not that we want something from you. It's that we want something for you. It's not that we want something from you. It's that we want something for you. God didn't create giving because he needed your time. He needed your energy. He needed your resources. He didn't create giving because he had a shortfall. He created giving for you. Nothing breaks selfishness, greed, lack of trust. Like when you say, God, I just want to give back to you a little bit of how you've blessed me. And so in this series, we've been spending most of our time in Scripture looking at this letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a church in a city called Corinth. And in this letter, Paul appeals to this church to be generous. And in this particular case, he was appealing to them to be financially generous. There was this need in the church of Jerusalem. And so Paul writes to this church and invites them to open up their wallets and give. And I want to read the key verse in this series that's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And then we're going to jump ahead and read uh, in chapter 9, verse 1. So if you want to follow along, if you have a Bible or you want to crack open your Bible app or you just want to follow along on the screen, that would be awesome. The Bible says this, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Here is the bottom line for followers of Jesus. We should be the most generous people on the planet. Because our founder, our Lord, our Savior is the personification. He's the embodiment of generosity. And he gave it all for us. As his followers, we're called to live our lives just like he lived his. And so this morning's, the title of this message is simply Giving Like Jesus. Giving like Jesus. And I have a few ways that that looks like. I'm going to give, give you a few ways to give like Jesus. But before we do, just want to read the rest of today's text. So 2 Corinthians 9, 1, Paul writing to the church of Corinth says this. He says, there's no need for me to write to you about this service to the Lord's people, for I know your eagerness to help. And I have been boasting about it to the Macedonians, telling them that since last year, you and Achaia were ready to give. And your enthusiasm has stirred most of them to action. Quick time out. Eagerness and enthusiasm will always be present in the heart of a generous person. Always. True generosity is, is something the generous want to do. It's, it's not something that they do because they have to do it. They do it because they want to do it. There's this eagerness. There's this enthusiasm. If you find that in your giving, you're lacking enthusiasm and eagerness there needs to, you need to be doing some heart work with God and going, God, what's going on here? I repent or whatever that, whatever needs to happen. Because generous people are eager and they're enthusiastic. Next, the letter continues, and, and Paul writes, But I am sending the brothers in order that our boasting about you in this matter should not prove hollow, but that you may be ready, as I said you would be. For if any Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, not to say anything about you, would be ashamed of having been so, so confident. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to visit you in advance and, and finish 
the arrangements for the generous gift you had promised. Because they'd already kind of given some of this gift they'd promised, but Paul's writing them to say, hey, finish the work. Then he goes on to say, then it will be ready as a generous gift, not as one grudgingly giving. Isn't that an interesting statement? So apparently there are gifts that aren't generous, and there are gifts that, that are generous. Uh, there, there's, there's a difference. A generous gift is one that flows out of a generous heart, a heart of gratitude and selflessness. And when God talks about giving, the emphasis always, always, always is on the heart. It's never on the amount. It's always on the heart. Are you giving with a generous heart or a grudging, resentful heart? And then Paul continues to write under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He writes some of the most well-known texts in the Bible describing generosity. He says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And here's this, this next verse. If you want a, a good verse to memorize, if you're struggling with greed and self, selfishness, get this verse in your spirit. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, Having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. And as the Bible describes what generosity looks like, it's describing here the generosity of the one who gave us the greatest example of what generosity looks like. It describes the generosity of Jesus. And so what I want to do is I want to take this passage that we just read and, and parallel that to the life of Christ. So first of all, to give like Jesus is to give above and beyond what's expected. This church in Corinth is being challenged here by Paul to be generous like this other church, this church in Macedonia. And uh, earlier on in 2 Corinthians 8, uh, Paul talks about the generosity of the Macedonian church. And uh, uh, back in week one, we read this text describing their generosity, and it's worth reading again. Um, it says this, Paul says, in the midst of a very severe trial, so this church in Macedonia, they're going through this severe, severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in, generos in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on, on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service the Lord's people. And then get this, they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord, and then by the will of God, also to us. They exceeded. They went above and beyond what was expected of them when it came to giving. They're going through this severe trial. I mean, they were, they were in poverty, and all that, the, the Bible says, welled up into this rich generosity, giving not only what they were able to give, but even beyond their ability Paul and nobody else saw that coming at all. Nobody did. But this church in Macedonia, they had met the risen Jesus, and they're like, we, we, we got to give. First of all, to God, knowing that it was first and foremost an act of worship, and then second of all, Paul says to us and to those th who the need was about. And, and think with me just for a minute about the generosity of Jesus and how he went above and beyond. 
So Jesus, in his last, um, in his last little bit on earth, uh, expectations around Jesus were building. And it was becoming more and more clear that Jesus was, was he was the long-awaited Messiah. And so people were putting all these expectations on him. They were expecting him to set up a throne and to give them freedom from the Romans, to give them a new earthly king, to give them a, a sense of national pride again, to give them economic prosperity. But what nobody expected was that he was going to give them his life. He went above and beyond. Nobody expected him to offer up his body to be beat and whipped. Nobody expected him to give his honor and his reputation as he was humiliated by soldiers who stripped him of his clothes and who, who, who spit on him and mocked him. Nobody was expecting him to, to give and to lay down his life on the cross. Nobody saw that coming, but he went above and beyond what was expected. And giving like Jesus means giving like that. You know what one of the differences between a greedy person and a generous person? You know, there's a lot of differences, but one of the differences is that a greedy person believes that if they can just get a little bit more, then they'll be happy. But generous people, they have this way of thinking where if I could just give a little more, then they don't know more of the joy of Christ. A greedy person can never get enough. They always want to have a little bit more house a little bit more car, a little bit more vacation, a little bit more this, and they just think if I can just get a little bit more of this or that, then I'll be happy. But that's, that's not how a generous person works. A greedy person can never get enough, but a generous person can never give enough. They just keep giving and giving and giving because they've encountered the generous Savior. They've discovered the joy that comes with being generous like him. They just want to give more. My, I, my daughter, I have four daughters, but uh, one of my daughters, Aaliyah, um, she puts me to shame when it comes to, to having a generous heart that goes above and beyond. She gets a small allowance, and uh, we teach her to tithe off that allowance. We, we teach her about giving that back to God. That's what's expected. But she is unusual in that she'll take the other 90%. And it's not uncommon for her to buy a treat or something for one of her siblings. Just loves to give. Aaliyah has chores that she needs to do. In our house, we, we teach our kids, hey, you want to have a house where there's joy, where you love to come and be, and it's, that's, that's functioning right? You, we all got to pitch in. We all got to do our jobs. You have your chores that you need to do. And so we have our chore chart with all of our, our chores on there. Aaliyah has her chores that she's expected to do. But she will go above and beyond. She'll take our dog Bear for a walk when she's not expected. It's not her job to do. She will be, she'll clean up rooms or dishes or something when she's not expected to do that. She will just go above and beyond. Big fist pound for you, little lady. <laughs> a big difference between worldly generosity and Christ-like generosity is that worldly generosity means giving within your means. Giving within your means, giving what's kind of expected. But Christ-like generosity is going, no, he went above and beyond for me. He went far beyond what was expected, and I want to give like that too. Next, to give like Jesus is to sow generously, knowing that if you do, you'll reap generously. And this principle of sowing and reaping is really quite simple. So if you, if you, if you had, have some topsoil in the front of your yard, there's, there's no grass, um, you have a couple options. 
You can either go, okay, I want to have a lawn that's like, I want to be able to count the blades of grass on my lawn. I want to be able to look out my window and go, one, two, three, four, yeah, all 10 blades of grass are still there in the front yard. And if you want that kind of sparse uh, lawn, just grab a, grab a handful of seed out of that bag and just kind of scoot it out there and, and you'll have a very like thin lawn. You sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. But if you want to have the kind of lawn where the summertime comes around and you can get out there, you can play with your dog, and you can lay on the, the grass in the sunshine and, and, and just like frolic and play and do all that kind of stuff, then what you need to do is you need to grab that bag of seed, don't take a handful, grab the whole bag, dump it in like one of those grass spreader things, and spread it all over that topsoil. If you sow generously, you're going to reap generously. It's, 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 it's a pretty common principle. And, and this principle actually plays out everywhere in life, not just when it comes to generosity. It plays out everywhere. So if you want to be inundated with negativity, there's a way to do that. Sow negativity. Complain about everything. Whine all the time. In fact, watch the 24-7 news cycle. Spend hours scrolling through negative comments on Facebook or in some news magazine. Do that, and guess what? You're going to reap a negative, maybe even angry spirit. But if you want something different, like gratitude, go through life being thankful. Look for all the things that you have to be thankful for. Spend less time with negative people and more time with positive think, uh, people. Um, take a break from the news. You can do that, you know. It's, it's allowed. Do that, and you'll reap a lighter spirit, a more joyful, optimistic, thankful heart. Do you want to be judged all the time? Just be a person that judges others. If you want to have friends, be a person who's friendly. You reap what you sow. And it works the same way with generosity. Jesus said this. He said, give and it will be given to you. Give and it will be given to you. Reap what you sow. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. You can either grab a handful of generosity, or you can grab a whole bag of generosity. You reap what you, you sow. Do you want to be a person who reaps blessing? Then be a person who sows generosity. Now, l let me just be clear here, because sometimes the church gets this one a little bit mess messed up, especially back in the 80s and the 90s. Uh, there was this teaching in the church that if you were just to, to, to give, uh, you saw the, the, the guy on the TV with his slick back hair and saying that if you give to this ministry, then God's going to get you with that brand new Cadillac. Uh, give, and you're, gonna, you're just going to have like a windfall of, of, of money coming your way. That is not quite what this is, is talking about here. Um, there, there's no question, though, that sometimes the blessing is financial when you give. Becky and I have experienced that ourselves. Uh, two weeks ago, I talked about this minivan that somebody decided they were just going to buy us, this brand new minivan. That actually came uh, about a month after Becky and I gave the largest financial gift that we've ever given. God was challenging us to, to give towards this capital campaign, and then all of a sudden this guy shows up and says, hey, I want to I buy a new, new minivan for you guys. It can happen that way. There's no question, but, but it's, not, it's not about that. It's giving that leads to whatever blessing it is that God wants to pour out in your life. And whatever the blessing is, if it's from God, it's pretty awesome. It could, be, it could be freedom from greed. It could be financial peace. It could be less worry in your life and more trust. I don't know what it is, but, but here's the thing. If you want more blessing, 
Does anybody here want more blessing in your life? Anybody? Yeah. Of course we do. If you want more blessing, if you want the floodgates of heaven to open over your life, then so give generously and you'll reap generously. It's not a promise from rich. It's a promise in God's word. But understand this. The heart of this is not about giving so that you'll get. If you think that's what it's about, it's not about that. It's about getting to give. It's, it's the heart of Jesus where you go, Jesus, I, wanna, I want more blessings coming my way, but not for my sake. I want more blessings coming my way, Jesus, for your sake and for the sake of others. And, and if you can, you need to be here next week because we are going to dive into this in, 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 as far as what this looks like for our church. And I really believe next week is going to be a defining moment in the life of our church where we talk about what it looks like to be a generous church. But it's about being blessed so that you can be a blessing. Jesus understood this principle when he gave his life for us. Listen to what he said just before he went to the cross. He, he talks about sowing and reaping here. He says, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it's, it's sowed and remains only a single, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, what happens? It produces many seeds. And Jesus understood something here. He understood that if he sowed his life, if he gave his life, he would reap generously. And think about what's happened over the last 2,000 years. Millions upon millions of people have put their faith and trust in Jesus and have discovered the life and the joy a purposeful life of discipleship following Jesus. Because why? Because he, he sowed. He gave his life generously. And if you, if you want to be like Jesus, you, you understand this, this principle of, of sowing generously. Next, if you want to be like Jesus, if you want to give like Jesus, give cheerfully. And the Bible says this, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who for the, the what? Who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Now, Jesus was certainly not skipping to the cross. He, but there was this element of, of anticipation, this element of joy deep down inside where he just, he knew what was going to happen as a result of this generosity, this, this giving of his life. And this element of joy, it's so critical when it comes to Christ-like generosity. We read earlier on about how God loves a cheerful, cheerful giver. He loves a cheerful giver. Not someone who's only given because they kind of feel guilty about it. They don't give because they feel obligated about it. They don't give because they, they feel like their arm is being twisted into giving. They give because they want to. They give because they're, they're, there's, this, there's this eagerness, this anticipation about being able to give. And, and if this seems like an unusual attitude to have when it comes to giving, let me just tell you something this morning. It absolutely is. It is unusual. Most who have a difficult time giving cheerfully do so because, because they, their hearts are full of other things. Their hearts are full of greed or full of fear or full of doubt or full of mistrust. But if you want to move from, from greed and fear and worry and all that stuff when it comes to generosity... Then, and you want to have a truly generous heart, 
The way to do that is actually the next point here. It's to trust that your Father in heaven will bless and provide for all your needs. To trust God. And I, actually, I, I think that's actually the, the biggest, if not, it's one of the biggest reasons why people don't give. It's because there's this lack of trust. Listen to what Jesus said about his Father in heaven. About how, look at how his, his relationship was with his Father in heaven. He said, he who sent me is trustworthy. And what I have heard from him, I tell the world, the one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. He just had this trust when it came to his Father in heaven. He knew that his Father in heaven was going to provide, give him words to say, was going to give him strength, give him direction. He knew that his Father's presence was going to be with him. And if you ever want to have some verses to memorize. Memorize that one we read earlier on about the generosity of Christ and memorize this, this verse here that we read earlier. I'm going to read again. The Bible says this. It says, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. God is able. He's able. Is, has God been asking you to maybe increase your giving? Maybe he's asking you to serve in a way that you, you, it's just way outside of your comfort zone. Or maybe you're looking at your schedule and you're just going, I don't, I don't have enough time, for, I can't do this. Is, if God's asking you to do something, trust that he'll give you all that you need to just go do it. Is God asking you to maybe increase your financial giving? Maybe he's challenging you uh, throughout this series Trust that he that this the, the verse that we just read is true, that he will bless you abundantly so that you can abound in every good work. God is able, he'll bless you abundantly so that you in turn can be a blessing. And then lastly, this morning, when it comes to giving like Jesus, to give like Jesus is to enrich someone else's life at great cost to your own. Now, to give like the world would be that that phrase would be, enrich someone else's life at small cost to your own. But if you want to give like Jesus, it is enriching somebody else's life at great cost to your own. And I just love the picture given in that verse we read earlier on where it says this. It says, they have, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Just, just think about that picture there. And, and it's those who have been blessed, they're just kind of freely, joyfully, scattering their gifts to the poor, enriching the lives of, of these people who have nothing to give back in return. And, and what's the cost? And it's their stuff. Maybe it's a new jacket. Maybe it's some new Beats headphones. I don't know, a new home, better food. But when you give, understand something, there is always a cost to be paid. And nobody understood, understands this better than Jesus. Nobody. He paid the highest cost laying down his life as a sacrifice for our sin, and how greatly our lives have been enriched as a result of his gift. And I, I just actually want to give you just, just a small glimpse of the ways that your life has been enriched. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus, your life has been enriched as a result of the great cost he paid. These are all from Scripture. We've been saved from the crushing weight of our guilt and shame. We've been made a child of God. Let that sink in for a second. We've been given eternal life, given peace, 
made clean, forever free from condemnation. Not just temporarily free from condemnation, forever free from condemnation because of the great cost that Jesus paid for us. We've been lavished with God's love and grace, called to live a life of purpose, made victorious, established in his love, made alive with Christ, a saint, blessed with every spiritual blessing the Bible says, chosen by God to do good works, made righteous and holy, given Christ's spirit in us, made complete in Christ, forgiven, given life, and life to the full. You can go ahead and give God a round of praise. We have been enriched, so enriched, but not at a small cost. We've been enriched at a great cost to our Savior, and we call this sacrifice. Christ-like giving is always sacrificial giving. Jesus didn't have to do this, but he did it because of his great love for us and because of this heart that he has of great generosity. And as we close this morning, I'm going to have the worship team, if you guys will come and join me up on stage. But if, as we close this morning, we're actually, we're, we're going to take some time together. We're going to take some time together to remember all that Christ has done for us by taking communion together. And so when you came in this morning, you might have noticed that the front, there's a table in the, in the front, there's a table in the back. And on this ta these tables, there's some juice. And there's some crackers. And this juice, what, it, what it, it symbolizes is it symbolizes the blood that Jesus shed on the cross as what? As a gift. It was a gift. It was a gift to you. Him saying, you know what? I want, I'm going to pay the price so that your life can be enriched. And over, we also have some crackers. There's some regular crackers and some gluten-free crackers. And, and those represent, they represent the body of Jesus that was broken for you. His body that was whipped, that was beaten, that was, that was nailed to that cross for you. That body that was given for you as a gift. He gave. He gave his life for you and for me. 2 Corinthians 8, 9, we're going to read it one more time. It says this, you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. I'm going to read that line one more time. And what I want you to do, I just want you to just substitute you and put your name there. Put your name there. Don't say it out loud, but just in your head. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich, so that he could make you rich. He gave the highest price, dying on a cross for you and for me. And just before we take communion, I would love to lead us in prayer. So if you would just pray with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, so much, Lord, that, God, I'm so glad I serve a God who has a generous heart. I'm so glad I serve a God who's not stingy, a God who's not greedy, a God who looks out for his own interests. I'm so glad I serve a God who took on the very nature of a servant and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. God, so that, so that us here in this room could know life, could have our sins forgiven, know the freedom and the joy 
of following you. Thank you so much for that, Jesus. And Lord, I pray that this morning, that Jesus, as we take this together, that Lord, our hearts will be so full of thankfulness. God, our hearts will be so full of worship. God, we would do this. God, just so aware of the great price that you paid for us. And God, I pray that Jesus, our lives would reflect the life of our Savior. God, that we would be a generous people like you, Jesus. In your name I pray, amen.